Hail, true body, born of the Virgin Mary, truly suffered, sacrificed on the cross for humanity, from whose pierced side water and blood flowed. Be for us a foretaste of the heavenly banquet in the trial of death. O oh, sweet Jesus, O oh, holy Jesus, O oh, Jesus, son of Mary, have mercy on me. So reads a 14th century text of Eucharistic adoration, eventually attributed to a pope of that era. Popes get a lot of attributions that they probably don't deserve. <laughs> At that time, the church was emphasizing that the bread and wine is the true body of Christ. While in the 20th century, and even into this one, there can be an emphasis on people, baptized, church-going people, constituting the true body of Christ. Varying circumstances tease out varying emphases. How I shop for groceries when I'm hungry and without a list is different from shopping on a full stomach and list in hand. There is richness in appreciating that the true body of Christ, like anything in our imaginative and material worlds, is not just one thing. It is both legion and singular. Gazing upon and handling and receiving the true body of Christ, whether it be bread or wine or in the personality of another baptized person, pulls us out of the contemporary trap of relegating Jesus, the church's sacraments and creeds, the stories of the Hebrew Bible and the Gospels, architecture, art, and music to past events. Our celebration of Holy Week in the waving of palms, vibrant processions, silence in the face of Jesus's suffering and our own suffering, our washing of other people's feet and having our feet washed, our vigil in the Garden of Gethsemane, veneration of the cross, and, and, and this is our deep, abiding, transformative participation in Christ's ongoing life. Please don't come up to me and say, this was a nice commemoration of Jesus's life, of the Last Supper, of Good Friday. We're not commemorating anything. We're participating in Jesus's ongoing death, suffering, resurrection. I probably sound a little bit more angry than I actually am. <laughs> but I, I am a stickler for that. We're not commemorating, we're participating. This week of prayer and contemplation, now I'm very self-conscious that I sounded angry. <laughs> so I'll smile as I say the rest of the sermon. This week of prayer and contemplation, grant each of us an entrance 
into the mysteries at the center of Christian faith. A mystery is a mystery because it is God who is veiling it. And it's God's prerogative to unveil it. All we can do in the face of mystery, like sacramental bread and wine we will soon receive, is say yes. Yes. Amen, if we're speaking Hebrew. Amen, if we're speaking Texan. (laughs) You are here tonight. I am here tonight. Because in some way or another, whether we are conscious of it or not, Christ has called us to this altar to receive him, to share him, to become him. We are the disciples, faltering, confused, lacking imagination, faltering because we're dust, confused because we hear Jesus saying, this is my body, this is my blood, as he elevates a loaf of bread and a cup of wine, even though he is saying it in his own flesh and blood. Lacking imagination because, well, that's often what it means to be human. As we hail the true body, born of the Virgin Mary, the body that suffers for us and with us, the body that offers itself, the person who offers himself on the altar shaped as a cross. When we receive that body, we become that very same body because the word made flesh is our flesh. It is this body from whose side blood and water flow in death, birthing you and birthing me for the healing of a world made new even now. But before Jesus completes on the cross the sacrifice of his whole life, he kneels before his imperfect friends, works in progress, full of potential, and washes their feet as the true body. It is Peter, a saint in progress, who when faced with the prospect of Jesus humiliating himself, since washing feet was not just the role of servants generally, but of female servants in particular, it is Peter who says, well, Lord, if you're gonna wash my feet, Wash my whole body. A misplaced enthusiasm that encapsulates the topsy-turvy nature of God's reign, God's kingdom embodied in the person of Jesus. Are you actually in charge, Peter seems to say. If we're all washing feet, who is the master and who's the servant? The sharing of bread and wine and the washing of feet, 
these tangible encounters with the mystery of love, these encounters mystically blur the boundaries of oppressive power structures and invite us to become conscious as we are able of our union with God, our union with ourselves, our union with, with one another, and our union with the entire cosmos. We are already one. We just need our senses trained enough to celebrate this and live this. Bishop Dan alluded to this on Palm Sunday. He stole my sermon. And it bears repeating here. There is something humiliating, humbling, vulnerable, disarming, scandalous even, about a God who not only hangs on a cross, but paves the way to the cross with water basins and towels. And yet, this is the God who places a claim on our lives, who ushers us through the waters of baptism into the gift and mystery that is our very existence. It is this God who entrusts the sacred work of love to us who prove time and again to not be very reliable, prone to wonder, prone to death and destruction and division. It is this God who entrusts us to love as Christ loves us. I commend this work and way of love to you today, not because I think you or I are particularly adept at loving, but because this work finds its genesis and steadiness in the God who kneels before us and whispers, okay, now give me the other foot. Amen. <laughs>